fade in. Exterior, a redwood forest. Twilight. Full moon rising between trees. Green city limit sign next to dark highway. Dissolve to. Sign. White block letters. Arcadia, California, population 16,179. Freeze frame. Superimpose. Episode 63. Overcrank. Monday, July 6th, 2009. We, Leah, Thomas, the moms, and I talked to Cameron about the bargains people in Arcadia have made. I am now going to recap what we found out. Succinctly. Succinctly. At first, Cameron said he didn't really know all that much because bargains are personal, you know, between them and whoever makes it. But Holly just kept asking him questions and telling him how she knew he'd heard something because he was a Sheridan, so of course he had, and she was right because he ended up saying a lot. I thought he'd only know about the other kids, because who pays attention to the contracts their parents sign? I mean, I couldn't tell you the first thing about what terms Karen and Holly have on the house, or I guess the old apartment, because I think we own the house, and Falconer Lumber, too, maybe, but see, case in point. And he did know a lot about the kids. Basically, everyone in our class has at least some kind of deal with them, but they're all for really, like, really trivial stuff, grades and scholarship and sports, but also... I mean, Erica has a bargain that makes it so her hair always curls the right way, which seems like not only a waste of whatever she gave them, but also, this is literal magic power, and she's using it like a perm? I don't get it. <coughs> but succinct. Mm. Anyway, so he told us about all that stuff, and then Mom pushed a little more, and he started in on what the adults have going. People's parents, mostly, but he knew about some of the other adults, too. It's the same kind of stuff. Small things, promotions and stuff, new houses, getting someone to like them more. Some adults have made deals to get money, but it's all, like, it's reasonable amounts of money. Maybe even small, like a few thousand dollars or enough to buy a new car. A couple people had bargained to make people fall in love with them, which remains just as fucked up for them as it is for Will, but there weren't even that many of them. So I thought, okay, maybe Cameron just doesn't know about the big stuff. Maybe he only knows about the stuff that people are willing to talk about, and the big things, those are kept actually secret. But there were a few big ones, you know? He knew about the children's bargain, which surprised me. I guess I thought that would be just a falconer thing, you know? But I guess since the other first families are part of that whole thing, they also benefit from it, if they're going to be taken. And there was another one for just the first families, that they'd always be in charge of the town. Leah asked him what that meant, and he started to give her a hard time, but Mom stepped in, and so he said that it meant that the city council and... Governor, and Senate? You have no idea how local governments work, do you? Blame the California public school system. Anyway, basically, it just means that as long as there are first family people in Arcadia, they'll be on all the boards and committees and stuff. They'll have a controlling interest in them. That's what I said. No, you said they'll be on them. The bargain wasn't that all elected officials will be first families. It was that there will always be enough people from the first families in any governing body that they'll have a majority. Right. That. There was another one I wanted to remember. The one about the library. The librarian made herself functionally immortal. Wait, what? When did he say that? Okay, that was a tiny bit of hyperbole. 
Cameron said she made a deal that will let her be around until she's ready to pass the library on to another caretaker. So if he was even close to accurate about the terms, she can technically just not die because she's not ready to pass it on. Okay, that is a much bigger deal than I thought. Yeah, it sounded pretty... Um... Thomas, why are you smiling? Because of the bargain. What about it? It was a favorite. There, with them. Why? Because it was so poorly done. Even more poorly than most. She asked to live. She did not ask to remain young. There are wagers laid. When she will realize. When the age of the body will become too much for her. How quickly she will wish it done. She gave a great deal. To hold on to life. They found it amusing. She did not bargain better. That's awful. Bargains go wrong. That is how it is. Between there and here. Wait. Do you mean that literally? Huh? That bargains always go wrong. Do you mean they're just kind of innately unfair? Once between humans and them, I mean. Yes. How could they not be? The one is born to the game, raised up in it, fed on meaning and intention, taught word and thought and deed and want and need, as they are taught to speak and hear. The one is made of the bargains. The other is human. It can never be fair. So Cameron told us about all that, and then he went no, on No, no, to no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I think this might be really important. Okay. Thomas. Are there... No. Has there ever been a deal between one of us and one of them that wasn't... That got us, the human part of the deal, fair value for what they got? No. <clears throat> Do they always charge so much? And... Or give too little. Yes. We knew that, didn't we? Sort of. We knew you had to be careful so you didn't pay too much, but this is different, I think. We talked about this before, that the big Arcadian bargain doesn't you know, seem to really do anything. Yeah. I mean, it keeps everything here nice, I guess? Yeah, nice. And the schools are good. Mm. But there are still a bunch of closed shops downtown, and even the founding families aren't, like, rich or anything, and we still, I don't know, pay taxes and stuff. Exactly. So what is the town getting in exchange for children? I don't know. Thomas? 
they seldom talk about the Barkin of Doors, with voices aloud, and outside the holdings of the monarch. Damn. But, but once I heard they, the monarch and the curator, angle of light cast through leaves on moss on the third day of early summer, spoke, were speaking, in sound and vibration in the air. Neither trusts the other, and the true speech would present too many opportunities uh, as enemies. So they spoke, close to where I, where I stayed, and I could hear. They said it was funny that you, we, would trade children for children. That we thought the, the chosen loss of one was an acceptable price for the possible loss of others. They laughed because we would give up a person of proven worth and value in exchange for creatures that had done nothing to earn their continued existence. And because the makers of the bargain themselves took on the price, while giving the benefit, such as it was, to everyone. They sold their offspring, and did not even extend their holdings. Then, like they, I thought it to be poor dealing. Now... You, we, value offspring differently than they do. And family. It is still a bad bargain. Unfair. But not quite so much as I had thought. Before. <sighs> okay. So. The chosen... Loss of one against the possible loss of others. Offspring that hadn't proven themselves and keeping those safe and not people of proven worth and value. It's to keep the kids alive. Alive as kids, I mean, so they can grow up and not die before they do. What? Oh! Child mortality. Yes! How, how did we not think about this before? Why would we have? Okay, fair, yeah, we are not having children anytime soon. If ever. Yeah, yeah, so of course, of course we wouldn't think about how fragile Babies are, especially in the 1800s. So then, Thomas, Thomas, does this sound right? The, the, what did you call it? The door bargain says that they get two specific kids on the solstice full moons or whatever. And in exchange, they keep the town safe and comfortable and make sure babies and children don't die before they can grow up. Yes. Okay, but, like, we have vaccines now, and prenatal care and stuff? Yeah, the, the bargain didn't change with 
the, mm. How did Lyndon change the bargain? I, I don't know. That is also probably very important. Thomas, do you? No. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. But we should probably find that out. Because right now, it seems like the Grand Arcadian Bargain is doing basically nothing for this place. If anything, it's an argument to close the doors. I think you're right. Unless we get some kind of radical new information, that's the best option for everyone. And as far as I can see, with Delphine and Mr. Jinx gone, and Mr. DiCaprio at least mostly on our side, there are only two real obstacles to be dealt with. Elliot and Mr. Baldwin. I was supposed to be recapping. Succinctly. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Uh, people making small bargains and how they mostly kind of suck. Ah. Yeah, okay. So, people here have mostly made small bargains and they mostly kind of suck. Except for Mr. Baldwin. I mean, the bargain still sucks. He literally sold his child. But it sucks for someone else. Not him. And it seems like he actually gets a lot out of it. Cameron didn't know the exact terms. I think he's a little scared of Mr. Baldwin, and after having met him, I pretty much get it. But also, I get the impression that Elliot's dad is one of the few people in Arcadia that really understand, like, all the implications of having access to fairy magic. Which is really interesting, because I feel like that would have occurred to more people, or, I mean, like they would have... I don't know, wanted to sort of test it out, see how much they could do, but it's just Mr. Baldwin who started hey, to get creative and- Hey, back on topic. Ah, uh, yeah. Mr. Baldwin's bargain says that he gets what he wants. Whatever he wants. Like I said, Cameron didn't have details, and also he's Cameron, so this is filtered through that lens, but even if he's just sort of right about it, that's kind of big and really open-ended. Hey- Thomas, do you know anything about that one? What the actual terms are? Or actually, do we know who it's with? I kind of assumed the purchaser with the name and everything, but what if it's someone else? I mean, what if someone made a deal with Mr. Baldwin for Elliot and then made another deal with the purchaser so he got Elliot and the other someone got something else? I hadn't thought of that, but but it makes sense if... What are the Ilfigs like elsewhere? Here, they're disembodied consciousnesses. God, that sounds stupid. Uh, with a human body, so there, are they physical fairy bodies? What makes someone want to become one? An Ilfig. Does it increase their holdings, or do they hold something here, which doesn't translate to there? Or, or, God. Oh, there is so much I want to know. Who would trade speech and sight and sound for sensations dulled and muted by human flesh? Who would give up the silver songs and moonlight and dew, the lost and losing highlands under the night, the sweetness of honeysuckle under the tongue, to be bound by mud and breath, 
no one with holdings, standing, and self becomes Ilfic. So, the purchaser and whoever it was that was part of Mr. Jinx, they were poor, I guess, elsewhere? Uh, they're small. Made smaller by deals and dealings. Beholding to others. Thought it better to be here, where their problems are with the flesh alone. Where their small power is yet greater than people who cannot see or hear or speak. Okay. So, Mr. Baldwin's deal is with someone else. Yes. Who? Mm. I'll just add that to our list of things to worry about. Oh, this is so frustrating! We should have asked these questions months ago. We've learned more in the last half hour than in weeks of wandering around and looking for the damn doors. We didn't know that we needed to ask. Exactly. We don't know what we don't know, and neither does Thomas. So we can't ask the right questions, and he doesn't have any idea what he should be telling us, because it could be everything, or it could be nothing. I wish I had a way to just learn about everything. Yeah. At least now we have enough information to make a plan. You're right. I'm just so sick of always trying to catch up to whatever's going on. If I knew more, I could get ahead for once. Come on. But I want- Even if you don't need a break, Thomas and I do. Right, Thomas? And he's already gone. Nice to know some things haven't changed. Smash Cut, Black Screen, Over Black, Roll Credits. Nico McCleary is played by M. German. Thomas McCleary is played by Cale Brown. Leah Webster is played by Kalen. Karen Segretti is played by Corbin Appleby. Arcadia, California is a production of Law of Names Media. It is written and directed by Lisa Guente and edited by Eric Seguente. You can find more information about the show, its cast, and crew at arcadiacalifornia.lawofnames.com or join us on Discord at discord.lawofnames.com. Fade out.